Hi everyone, I am Shub and welcome to Little Wisdom where we look into science and spirituality to strengthen our wisdom and self-awareness. We are on Instagram and Facebook too at Little Wisdom Podcast. All right, today's episode is part of the International Men's Day special where I speak to three different men from three very different walks of life. They share their journey from boy to man, the trials, the triumphs, and what they want other boys and men to know. From a strained father-son relationship, not wanting the responsibility of marriage and having zero paternal instinct, in his own words, today's guest drastically changed his life. He created his own little world with Steph, welcomed his precious baby daughter, Lucy, healed his bond with his father, and founded Self-Empowery to help people become the favorite versions of themselves. Listen to Chirag Singapore's journey of resistance, acceptance, transformation, and healing. Here we go. Welcome, Chirag, to Little Wisdom Podcast, uh, to this International Men's Day special. Uh, you had the chance to interview me, and now it is my turn. <laughs> Thank you so much for my being pleasure. here. My pleasure. I love your podcast, by the way. I came across it quite accidentally on social media, and I've been following it, and I have to say, I really... I really enjoy it. I'm not a big fan of a lot of Thank podcasts, I'm very particular, but I like your style. They're short, it's juicy, it's very actionable, and you have an amazing voice. I, I'm really blown away by how professional it always sounds. I'm like, man, I can listen to this woman talk all day. <laughs> I'm glad. Yay. And yes, did I pay you to say that? Let's just pretend I did. But thank you for that. Um, I'm going to hold on to that very tightly. I appreciate Please it. Please do. <laughs> and um, we were talking earlier about uh, International Men's Day, either ways. And a lot of men actually don't know that there is even a men's day. And before we jump into the questions, is there anything you want to share about your journey from boy to the man that you are today? I run a little coaching business online. It's called Self Empowery. And it started because I realized a long time ago that... Um, I wasn't completely happy with the life that I had. And I also started listening to way too many podcasts. Tim Ferriss, if you're listening to this, you're partly to be blamed for it. And Tony Robbins too. Um, and I guess it just kind of expanded my mind and, and kind of brought me here. But I think one of the biggest um, butt kickings I ever got was uh, all the wonderful women that I met in my life who are no longer there. And who really inspired me to grow and change and um, I guess become that a man I am today. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So when you say the women are no longer there, mm -hmm. and feel free to dodge this question if it's too personal, but how exactly did Please. their yeah, departure yeah. drive your growth? And, and can you elaborate a little, a little bit more on that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd say a lot of like ex-girlfriends, right? So I think the last two or three that I had before I met my wife were, were massive um, mind expansions. I think um, they, they really pushed me to grow. And I think when the relationship ended, it was, right. um, I think I fell into a pretty deep hole. And, and then I was like, you know what? Like, screw this. I think I'm better than that. And then I started really working on myself and remembering a lot of things that they said and and taking the feedback that I got which at that time when you received it wasn't uh, 
very welcome. But later on, you know, you kind of go, hey, you know what? There's, there's got to be something here. Because at that time, I was very um, opinionated and I had a one-track mind and like, this is the way the world works and, and pretty much it. I started reading different books. I started listening to different podcasts, meeting different people, doing different things. I, I took up dancing, I think, at that time as well. And by doing a lot of these different things and, you know, like taking little steps to get out of my shell, I realized that um, there's no one way of doing anything. And that, you know, if I want to learn something new, if I want to do something different, I kind of just have to put myself right. out there. Absolutely. I think that's so true. Yeah. I, want to look, I want to dig a little bit deeper on when you mentioned about having a one-track mindset. Uh, I don't want to use the word narrow-minded because it just sounds like you weren't aware. And narrow-minded can sometimes be when people don't want to be aware. I think it was a combination of both, truthfully. I mean, I think most people know that there's another opinion, but nobody likes to be, well, not nobody, but a lot of people don't like to be challenged in the opinion, right? It means that you might be wrong, that you don't know. Like, it's embarrassing, I think, for... For a lot of uh, people, for me, I was one of those kids, unfortunately, who was a bit afraid to put my hand up in class, I think. And, Were you a shy yeah. a shy kid in class? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, super, super, super shy. So where do you think the hesitation to be wrong comes from? And I ask this because I've encountered males, uh, not all, some, but some men do tend to have a very strong immediate reaction rather than a thought-through response or reflection when they begin to realize that they could be wrong. Um, they, they feel the need to counter it, even in the small things sometimes. Where do you think this comes from? I don't know where it comes from. I guess for me it was um, not being taught that you could listen, that, you know, that it's okay just to listen. I mean, no one ever taught me that, you know, you can just shut up and listen and not try and solve the problem. Like growing up, it was like, I think I never had that experience myself until I read about it and met people who listened. And then you realize, ah, there's this listening thing. Yeah. So looking at the growth chart and all the work that you've done, uh, it's brought you to this point today of having an adorable six-month daughter. So I want to ask you, how has becoming a father changed yeah. or transformed the way that you behave or your idea of what it means to, you know, be a man in, in today's world? At the moment, I'm a stay-home dad as well, and I, I'm working, and I'm taking care of her. I'm spending a lot of time with her. And I remember before she was born, I was like, diapers, forget about it, never going to change mm. them, no. And then I did it, and I did it again, and till today, diapers, never been a problem. I didn't realize crying was the, the thing that would drive, drive me crazy. Like, you know, like as a man in the first few months or weeks, you're just pretty much like helpless. And that's a tough one just to realize there's nothing really you can do that's except true. kind of rock her and calm her down. And, and you realize like um, if I'm happy, if right. I've got my stuff managed, I've taken care of myself, same with my wife, our relationship is good, right? I see the reflection of Lucy automatically, like she's happy and she's just going to absorb that energy straight away. And I don't understand mm. sometimes that she looks at me and she like really looks at me with so much love and affection right. and, and like I'm a whole world and I don't know what to do about it. It really like it breaks you. And as a man, I never, ever, ever 
imagine that you could feel this way, right? I had zero paternal instincts, like none. And this little thing happened, and and I can't help but feel this overwhelming feelings for her. Like, it's ridiculous, and you think differently, and you're like, yeah. oh, my God, wow. Like, you know, I remember when she was born, um, I think this was like the second day, right? It hit me that um, one day Lucy's going to come home with a guy and going to say, like, this is my, my, my boyfriend, partner, whatever, right? And who that guy is, what he's mm-hmm. like, the way he's going to treat her, whether I like it or not, right? And I have not so much control about who she chooses. She's free to do it herself, but he's going to end up a lot like me, whether I like it or not. Like, it's just the way it is, right? And I see it because of my wife. I see her dad, and I see a lot of similarities between us as well. And if she's going to end up with a guy like me, like, what kind of man do I want to be? I want to say that that is very, very powerful. And I think it's really important that fathers are conscious of that uh, and that they act on it. Because many people don't realize that a father is a daughter's introduction to men. You know, that that is the first man that you know when you come into this world. And uh, many girls and women will pick partners that resemble or carry their father's traits. And while that can be great in some cases... Uh, it can also be difficult for others unless that uh, pattern is unlearned and broken. So uh, I think it requires a fair bit of soul searching to, you know, one, to be able to realize that and two, to confront it. Because not every man is willing and wanting to do so. And sometimes when they do, uh, it's a little late. So I think it's wonderful and absolutely beautiful that you are recognizing that and building an emotional safe space and uh, building a fatherly figure for Lucy so that her future is off to a stable and as beautiful a start as she deserves. So so kudos to you for that and for being, um, you know, one of those dads. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I, I realize how important it is, right? Um, I think that's really, really important. It's the biggest gift that you can give to your kids, right? Is to just kind of heal your own wounds so they don't inherit this, you know, this extra burden. Because I, I really think about it, like the, the amount of um, baggage that I carried, oh, half of it wasn't even mine. And, you know, it's not like my, my family gave it to me consciously, right? You just can't help it because they never really dealt with a lot of this stuff. And probably during their time, man, they never had the technology or the resources to, to deal with things. And I'm very, very blessed that I did. And it also helped really heal and also to strengthen my relationship with my father doing this work. It, it's so different now compared to maybe just a few years ago. Yeah. Like he's proud of me. Like for the first time in my life, he's actually on my side. It's, it, it's a new, new feeling. Yeah. That's amazing. And you're right. It is very interesting how sometimes when you try to build or transform an existing relationship or a new relationship, uh, it kind of seeps into other areas of your life uh, and into other relationships or, you know, your your bonds with other people, uh, whether family or friends. And I think that's um, that's the true beauty of, of inner work or inner transformation. 
So that's wonderful. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, did you always want to be a dad? Being a dad, can you imagine? I never, ever wanted the responsibility of like marriage alone was like, no, you know, kids, forget about it. it. I thought it would be the end of the world. Like no partying, no living, can't do anything. It's like being the biggest punishment. So completely against it. No way. But a part of me always wanted it. You know, it would be nice. It would be good for you. But I was like, oh, man, responsibility. Screw it. I, I did some really deep work a couple of years ago. And this, uh, and this topic showed up. And I remember I was like really freaking out. In the, and I remember looking straight in the mirror going, we're going to figure this out. Like no matter what happens, we're going to figure this out. You know, like you figured out all this crazy shit in your life before. You, you went from like having zero cash and having a really, really tough time to like traveling around the world. You had no idea how you were going to do it. You had no idea how you were ever going to manage like most of the things in your life. But you figured it out. We're just going to take it one step at a time. And you got this. I also grew up as like an only child raised by a single father. And I saw the amount of effort that he put in and it was massive. And I just felt like never, ever live up to what he did. And I, I remember it was so much work, right? He was like, my mom, my dad, he did everything. How can I live up to it? And then you realize that um, I don't have to be him. I don't have to do what he did, right? I can do it in my own way and, and it's okay. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to be your parents and uh, there's many different ways to do things. There's always that element of, of you-ness <laughs> that I think we can bring into our own lives. Um, so you've done a lot of work. You said you, you've had to, you know, go through a lot of um, fears and unpack a lot of baggage that you've been carrying around and so speaking about facing those fears, do you think it's more challenging to carry that baggage or to actually go in and face those fears head on? Face it for sure. Carrying is easy. You just pretend it's not there, right? Throw in a backpack. You're like, you know, consciously, you know, you, you just pretend it's like it's not there unconsciously like, you know, right? But to actually have to see it it's very ugly and you really don't want to do it. Um, and then when you, when it's there, it's like all these messy feelings and emotions come up. And, and my, um, my teachers, they always say this thing, right? It's like, feel it, Chirac, feel it. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to fucking feel this. It's, ah, it's horrible. Like the moment you start feeling it and you let it in, you know, and I wish it was yeah. like, boom, you're done. Right. It takes a while. Mm, yeah. In in German, um, there's a word they call Regelogen. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Regelogen, which means Regelogen. like, okay, so you, you take this medicine or whatever, you do this therapy, you do the session, whatever, right? What happens after that is it's not like you, you feel instantly better. Actually, things get a little bit worse before it gets yeah. much better. Yeah, that definitely makes yeah. sense. You know, it kind of reminds me of Paulo Coelho's uh, The Alchemist, where he says, mm -hmm. the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself. So you've mentioned your dad a couple of times, and uh, you said for the first time, he's proud of you. Do you want to elaborate on that or share more about this um, desire as a son to want your father's validation or approval? I mean, every child wants that. 
but can you share a little bit more about your, your experience? We always had a bit of a tumultuous relationship. So growing up with my dad, like I always felt like, you know, yeah. if I did something wrong, he would be on the side of the other person, never on my side. Like I could never do anything right, no matter how much I tried. So as a kid, I always said, why bother, right? It's just, he's never going to support me. So I might as well just fuck up. And it took me years and years and a lot of work to realize that he's actually on my side and that he really wants the best for me. He's just never learned that there could be a different way of uh, having a relationship with a, with a son, right? I mean, you can read about it, you can watch it, whatever, right? But if you've never experienced it, how would you know what it's actually like? And I think that the big thing that changed was to realize that I can't blame him, that it's not his fault that he did the best he could um, and, you know, I'm better forgiving him and loving him instead of fighting him and showing him what I, how I want to be treated by, by treating him in that way, like being more affectionate, being more loving and being a little bit more, um, not, not fighting him sometimes when he says something, yeah, which is a bit hard one. And, you know, it took a very, very long time and a lot of, um, challenging conversations but we after a while came to the point where ah okay now he's completely on my side telling me how proud he is and how much he wants to support me and if i need anything that i can always come to him and like he's always there for me for a lot of men like you know having a good relationship with your father is one of the most important things that you can do in your life and it's not always easy and for some men also it could also mean that, you know, like, um, you're not going to have a good relationship with your dad, you know, it's, it's going to, it's, for some, it's just not possible. And I think it's important to, to forgive and let go, really sincerely forgive and let go and also forgive yourself because no man likes to feel powerless, right? And as a kid, like you, we were all a little bit powerless, with our parents, yeah. whether we like to admit it or not. That's true. So if someone out there is having a rough relationship with their dad, what's your advice where they can begin to heal and start picking up the pieces of the relationship? That's not your fault. Like whatever happened is not your fault. Like I think that's the first thing they got to understand. And it's okay that it's going to take time. Yeah. If you really want to heal it, if you really want to fix it, then you are going to have to take steps to do it. You can't wait for the other person. And and you might be rejected. It might not work. And that's okay. Try softly. Go slow. But more so work on yourself. You know, there's a lot of great resources out there that you can read. Uh, what really helped me was like, uh, there's, a, there's a really good guy online, um, Dr. Robert Glover. And his book on No More Mr. Nice Guy, I thought was really profound. I, I highly recommend that. For like the, the nice guy syndrome, which a lot of men have, might not pretend to have, but I found that really good. Another one was, um, I can't remember the author, but uh, Hold On To Your Nuts, I thought was really good. If you're in a relationship and you're struggling, amazing. And nuts basically means uh, non-negotiables. Yeah. So you've spoken a lot about emotions. And there's a huge misconception that men don't emote or that they don't have as many emotions, which isn't true. Um, can you share more on that or any other stereotype that you feel men face? Uh, we're not all handymen at home. My, my wife, 
Steffi's actually the proper handyman with like tools. I'm like, well, just learning everything. <laughs> so, you know, this is a science and spirituality podcast. Was there a scientific or spiritual practice in your own journey of healing and growth that you did, that you recommend to the listeners? Um, or anything that you do now that you can share that you feel is beneficial and they should definitely give it a shot? I think the, the best thing that I learned that worked for myself because I'm, I'm a bit of a social animal. I love people. I love being out. I love to be busy was uh, meditation. And meditation is not like sitting on a cave and like mm, mantras, whatever, right? There's, there's like a hundred different kinds of meditations out there as well. But for me, um, sitting in silence for like 10, 20, 20 minutes, even 10 minutes or five minutes a day, right? Just sitting there. And and just seeing what goes on in my head is just amazing. I think it's the best thing and I recommend it to everyone. Another thing that really helps me is exercise at least 10 minutes a day. Scientifically, it makes you smarter. That's what your science thing. Uh, and writing. So I do uh, Julia Cameron's uh, morning pages every day. And I just write two pages or at least a page of whatever's there. Like I just don't stop the pen moving. Don't filter like whatever's inside. And sometimes... You know, like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. I really don't want to say it, right? There's stuff going on that's just deep, dark, and messy. Just scribble it all out. And then don't even look at it. Just let it be. Close the book. Changes your life forever. Highly recommend it. That's great. I think those, well, that's more than one tip. So I think the listeners have something to take away. And um, thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared. It's been very insightful and useful and thought-provoking. So if, if anyone wants to find you, they can do so at selfempowery.com. There's a link there to my contacts. I'm on Facebook, Insta. I just started playing around at Twitter. Um, yeah, just selfempowery.com. Best place. Okay, great. Got it. So you heard him, guys. Selfempowery.com. Awesome. Thank you so very much once again. And I really appreciate you being vulnerable here and sharing your journey with us. No worries. Just I want to say, like, thank you very much, Sheep. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. You have a good style. It's very grounded and you really listen, which I also really appreciate. And it's warm and you really do have that amazing, soothing voice. Like, wow, it's pretty good. Thank you. Maybe you should record some meditations, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I should. Oh, my God. Side gig. <laughs> I should do it. I should totally do it. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, you never know where it'll take you. But anyway, thanks once again. Please give my love and regards to Steph and Thank to Lucy. Should. I will. Sending you a big hug, high fives, and lots of love. Thank See you later, Shape. See you. Ciao. <laughs> and ciao to all the listeners who've joined us today. I hope this has been as amazing an episode for you as it has been uh, just trying to listen and record this. So take care of yourselves. Stay happy as always. And remember, stay wise. See you next time.